The spirit of Jezebel is alive and well in our society. The spirit of Jezebel tells men that we are toxic for being masculine. It tells women that they have to be strong. And while this spirit has been difficult for men to deal with, it's been absolutely devastating for females. And worst of all, it plays right into the hands of the evil that rules this world, Satan, the fallen angels and demons. We're going to talk about that and how it ties into the end times on this week's episode of Revelation Unveiled on Faith by Reason. Welcome to Faith by Reason. The website behind it all is faithbyreason.net. Hundreds of hours of study material there, blogs, podcasts, and videos. And we are continuing our study on the book of Revelation, focusing right now on Revelation chapters 2 and 3, the seven letters to seven churches, seven letters written by Jesus to seven actual churches in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, that actually have an impact on us today because of the prophetic level where these seven letters, in the order in which they were written, actually outlines the history of the church in advance. And last week, we looked at the letter to the church at Thyatira, which coincided with the rule of the mystics on earth through the Catholic Church for a thousand years. And in the actual letter, the Catholic Church, in the prophetic sense, is symbolized by a woman called Jezebel, who brought forth idolatry into the church and corrupted the church. And as a adjunct to that, I want to spend this session kind of taking a break from these letters and talking about how the spirit of Jezebel, as I said in the intro, is really affecting our society today through something called third wave feminism. And I want to talk about how this third wave feminism is damaging all of our societies, not just men, but mostly and especially women. It's truly devastating to women. And I want to begin by just saying up front, I am not anti-woman. I am not anti-female. The Bible is not anti-woman. The Bible is not anti-female. In fact, the Bible is the only contemporary piece of literature in its time that actually gave women rights and freedoms and valued them and cherished them and nourished them. Other um, books in the middle, in the near Middle East that were so-called religious books really subjugated women and gave women no rights and made them property. And that's continued on to this day. I mean, if you look in some of the cultures in the Middle East today, especially Islamic cultures, women are treated as second, third class citizens. The Bible was against that from the beginning. And the Bible makes it clear that women are just as valuable as men. And in some ways, I think they're even more valuable than men. So the Bible is not anti-woman. I am not anti-woman. I am very, very pro-woman. And so to begin, I want to define feminism because I am all for feminism. Feminism, true feminism, basically states that women, as I just said, are equally as valuable as men, that men are not more valuable than women. Women are not, not less valuable than men. That's what feminism is all about. And that movement came about because for most of human history, let's just be honest, women have not been treated well, especially by men who have made up the ruling class for, for most of recorded history. Women have traditionally been seen as less and the movement of true feminism says, hey, that's not the case. Women are not just adjuncts to men. Women are not just sidekicks. Women are not just people who bear children and clean the house and cook. No, women bring a special value to society that society could not exist, could not function without. Women are valuable, just as valuable 
as men. And that's what feminism states. And I'm in 100 percent agreement with that. I think that's how things should be. So I just want to make that abundantly clear, lest I'm accused of of not believing that as we go through this video. But uh, third wave feminism is different. And that's what it's called. That's what they call themselves, third wave feminists. And they're different from regular feminism, which is, again, saying that men and women are equal and equal value. Third wave feminism goes beyond that. They actually say that men and women are not equal, that women are actually better than men, that women are more valuable than men and men are less valuable. And they do that in, in a very insidious way. They, they do it under the guise of making of elevating women. But what they're really doing is they're not just they're, they're not really elevating women. They're actually denigrating men and they are destroying women are destroying true femininity. Let me explain how by giving you a, a couple of examples that you will see every day. What is the feminist common fem feminist moniker, third wave feminist moniker for women? It is the quote unquote strong woman. You see it everywhere. You see it in you hear it in movies and TV shows on the radio and magazines and in, in newspaper articles. The strong woman. This woman here, she's a strong woman. That woman over there, she's a strong woman. This person is a strong woman. What does that actually mean? It's, it's become so ubiquitous that we kind of take it for granted that being a strong woman is this positive thing. But what does it really mean? Let's look at the true attributes. Let's look at what third wave feminists mean when they say strong woman. Here are the attributes. A strong woman is one who pursues her desires without regards to others. A strong woman is, if you look at how they're depicted, they're usually angry, inconsiderate, cocky, condescending, and rude, especially to men. I mean, look at the so-called strong women you see in movies and television shows. They are not very pleasant people. They are, they have a chip on their shoulder. They are, again, they're, they're very rude, condescending, again, especially towards men. They step into a room and it's all about them. The strong woman, you, you, you do whatever you want to do without inhibition. The strong woman, when, she, when you see her introduced in a movie or television show, what is she doing? She's either drinking or cursing or fighting or getting out of bed with a man. That's the strong woman. They want to establish this character immediately, that she's strong, and they do it by just showing her basically behaving badly. Again, drinking, cussing, having indiscriminate sex. A strong woman refuses accountability. She blames others for anything that goes wrong. And the, and the people she loves blaming the most, her favorite people to blame is the so-called patriarchy, or basically men. And any action they do, no matter how negative it is, they justify it by calling it empowerment. Oh, this strong woman, she's empowered. That's why she has sex indiscriminately with men. That's why she drinks other people under the table. That's why she gets into fist fights. She's being empowered. That's why she cares about no one but herself. That's why she's completely selfish and self-centered and narcissistic. She's empowered. That's what they call the empowered strong woman. And here's the thing. If you look at it, if you really look at what this so-called strong woman is, it's a woman who acts like a man, but not just any man, because not all men act like this. She behaves like a bad man. She embodies all of the negative characteristics of men. Again, drinking, cussing, fighting, being rude, inconsiderate, condescending, sleeping around. These are all behaviors that are viewed negatively when, when men do them. And rightfully so. These are negative behaviors. But when a woman does these same negative behaviors, she is not called, she's not considered negative. She is considered strong and empowered. And that's dangerous and devastating to women. I'm going to explain why in just a few minutes. 
But before we get there, I want to look at, we've just looked at what uh, feminists say women should be strong, but let's look at what third wave feminism says about men. What is the ubiquitous term used for men these days? That term is called toxic masculinity. That's right, toxic masculinity. They, men, you hear that all the time. Well, this is toxic masculinity. That man is being toxic. He is, he's, he's, he's mansplaining. He's denigrating women. He's toxic. What does it mean? What is a toxic male? Well, a toxic male is someone is a toxic masculinity, someone who's abusive, unstable, uh, dependent. You know, the, not just the guy who's abusing women and children verbally and, and physically. He's also the one who, uh, who won't get a job, who's living in his mother's basement, playing video games all day not taking responsibility, not working. Um, he's also, he's selfish, he's self-focused, he's irrational, he's prideful, he justifies all of his bad behavior, he sleeps around, he has, again, he's irresponsible, abusive, he's dangerous, he's unsafe. That is toxic masculinity. But here's the problem with that. And I want you to hear this very clearly. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity. Let me say that again. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity. Why? Because masculinity is not toxic. Masculinity is positive. Now, don't get me wrong. There are men who behave in a toxic manner, but those men are not masculine. What is masculinity? Masculinity protects. Masculinity nourishes. Masculinity cherishes. Masculinity is all about responsibility. A masculine man cherishes women. A masculine man protects women and children. A masculine man is someone who provides for his family, who provides for anyone. A masculine man is a gentleman. Masculinity is positive. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity because masculinity is not toxic. It is positive. Every woman, every true woman loves and desires and wants a truly masculine man because a masculine man is attractive because he does all those things, protects, provides, nourishes, cares for, sacrifices. A masculine man is safe. A woman feels safe around a truly masculine man. And so there is nothing toxic or negative about it. Again, not all men are masculine. If you are an abusive man, you're not masculine. If you want to sit in your mother's basement playing video games all day and smoking weed and not getting a job and being dependent on a woman, you're not masculine. You are a male, but you're not masculine. Masculinity is positive. Here's one of the ways where third wave feminism just wrecks everything. They have taken the word masculinity and twisted it to simply mean male. And it's not the case. As I just said, just because you're male does not mean you're masculine. Masculinity is an attribute. Being male is just a state. If you are born male, I mean, this society, you're, I guess you're whatever you choose to be, whether you choose to be male or female. But in an objective sense, if you are born with, as a man with male genitalia, you are a male. That's a state of being. Masculinity is an attribute you work to attain. I like to think I'm masculine, but it's something I have to work on. I have to continue to behave in a masculine manner in order to maintain masculinity. It's not something I don't roll out of bed being masculine. I, I have to, it's something you have to work for, something that you have to attain. So it is an attribute, but the third wave feminists have turned it around to simply say that masculinity is male. They're the same thing. So they take a toxic male. And again, there are many men who behave in a toxic manner, but they've taken it to say that if since male and masculinity are the same thing, toxic, toxic masculinity means men behaving badly, but it's untrue because when you 
take the term toxic and put it with masculinity. You've completely corrupted it and you've taken away the true meaning of masculinity. There's no, there's no such thing as, as toxic masculinity anymore. There's a such thing as cold fire. Fire is hot. <laughs> so it can't be cold. Masculinity is positive. Therefore, it cannot be toxic. But they've taken this wonderful term, masculinity, this wonderful attribute, and turned it around, redefined it incorrectly, and now they push it on you as toxic masculinity. So now all men, whether you are masculine or not, we're all considered toxic. Our masculinity, that positive thing that we men strive for, that a good man stri stri strives for and tries to attain, is now been tainted. And we're told that that masculinity that we strive that we strive for, that women desire, is now toxic, and that is that's very harmful to men. But here's where it gets even worse. Remember those all those attributes of a toxic male that I was talking about, being being abusive being rude, being self-centered, be, again, be, being, being abusive and fighting and being sexually promiscuous and irresponsible and justifying your bad behavior, those are all the same attributes of the so-called strong woman that I just talked about a few minutes ago. So here's what feminists are, third wave feminists are saying. They are saying that men are all toxic, that masculinity is toxic, and, but women should, uh, should uh, strive to be strong by what? By embracing all the things they just said are negative about men. A strong woman a troop, has all the characteristics of a toxic male and, the, and all men are toxic. So basically, you have no choice. You're going to be, you're going to be, men are toxic and they want women to be toxic. So what do they tell men we should be? If women should be strong. They should be toxic males. Men should not be toxic males. What do they want us to be? Well, they want men to be passive. They want men to be humble, not in the true sense of humility, but they want us to just be little shrieking violets and just little guys who just, we're just dumb. We know we're no, we're no good. Women are so much better than us. We should just be these overly sensitive, um, not completely non-masculine, accommodating little wimps. That's what they want men to be. We should just back down whenever a woman gets angry at us. We should just get down on our knees and thank the good Lord that they exist and just do whatever they say. We're just supposed to be little tiny little girly men. That's what they want from men. So women are supposed to be toxic males by being strong women. Men are supposed to be the worst attributes of, of women, you know, passive, um, un unattainable, overly emotional crying, whiny, sniveling little creatures. That's what we're supposed to be. All these things that are, that we attribute negatively and falsely to women. That's what men are supposed to be. But what gets lost in all of this, in the, in the, the, the part of society that is left behind and most abused by all this is true feminine women. What's lost in this is actual femininity because women are not told to be feminine. They're told to be strong. What is true femininity? Well, like masculinity, like true masculinity, femininity is also positive. Femininity is nourishing. It's relational. It's supportive. It's beautiful. There is nothing more beautiful than a feminine woman. And a feminine woman is strong, but strong in the true sense of strength. And I want so I really want to uh, define what true strength is because this whole so-called strong woman that the third wave feminists talk about, there's nothing strong about her at all. What is strength? Strength comes from doing what is difficult. If you are strong, it's because you do something that's difficult. If you take it to the, in, into the physical sense, if you want to get strong 
Physically, what do you do? You lift weights. You lift he the heavier the weight, the stronger you get. Why? Because it's difficult to lift a heavy, a heavy weight. And the more you lift it, the more the stronger you get because the easier time you have lifting a heavy weight. So if you want to become strong, you do things that are difficult. If you want to become physically strong, you lift heavy weights. If you want to become mentally strong, you read about difficult subjects. You learn difficult things. That's how you become strong by doing what's difficult. The so-called strong woman from the um, the, the, the third wave feminists, there's nothing strong about that because there's nothing difficult. There's nothing difficult about being self-centered. That's easy. Uh, a three-year-old girl is self-centered because, you know, children are all self-centered. So that didn't take any effort. It's, it's easy for a woman to sleep around. A woman, any woman who wants to have sex with a man can do it anytime she wants. It doesn't take any effort. All you got to do, if, you want, if a woman wants to have sex with a man, all she has to do is get dressed up, go to a bar and sit down. Eventually, a man will come up to you wanting to have sex with you. It doesn't take any effort at all. True strength comes from actually saving yourself for the right man. That takes strength. Sleeping around is easy. Being rude is easy. Picking fight with people is easy. Being narcissistic and self-centered is easy. Being selfish and only thinking about yourself is easy. Taking no responsibility for your actions and justifying anything you do is easy. There's nothing strong about the so-called strong woman. A truly strong woman is feminine because a truly feminine woman cherishes herself, respects her body and says, I'm not just going to give my body away to any man. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that the man I'm with is a man who deserves me, a man who has earned me and a man who I will cherish. That's what a strong woman. That's what a truly strong woman does. I have a friend who is in her 30s and she is still a virgin because she's waiting to marry. She wants to, she wants to give herself to her husband and she's still waiting to get married. That is a strong woman. She could have easily given her body away in her teens and twenties, but she didn't. She took the difficult road. She took the strong road of saying, I am going to, even though I have these desires, she's a normal woman with normal desires. She says, I'm going to put all that on hold and I'm going to wait for the man God sends me. That is not easy. That is a strong woman, not some woman who goes to Las Vegas or goes to spring break and, and can't wait to get out of her clothes and start showing her body off so that she can attract some guy and have random sex and then, you know, go home and have an abortion and do it all over again. That's easy. My friend who's a, who's still a virgin in her 30s, she's strong. She's way stronger than these wild chicks who are out here, you know, giving their bodies away at a, at, at, at a bar or a club every week. That's not strong, but our society tells us that those women who are just having promiscuous sex, they're the strong ones. Not at all. Not even close. And again, why this is so devastating to women, because what it does is it denigrates and almost eliminates femininity. There is no place for true femininity in third wave feminism. There is completely ignored. Women have to be strong, quote unquote strong. Men are toxic and they need to be weak. Feminine femininity, you don't even exist. But the problem is, just as all men strive to truly be masculine, just like all of us, when we were little boys, what do we want to be? We want to be protectors. We want to be providers. We want to go out and fight battles for something. We want to sacrifice. That's what true masculinity is, and that's what every little boy wants to be, and that's what every male truly wants to be, unless until they've been corrupted by society. But the same way, every little girl wants to be feminine. You want, she wants to be beautiful. You want to be, they want order and harmony. They're calm and peace and nurturing and rest and restorative and healing and inspiring and supportive and supportive. A feminine woman makes you feel safe. 
just like a masculine man makes you feel safe. A masculine man makes a woman feel safe to be around him. A feminine woman makes a man feel safe to be around her because again, nurturing, supporting, beautiful, harmonious. That is what true femininity is. It's femininity is, it's beautiful. We, everyone loves it. Women want to be it and men are attracted to it. Every man is attracted to a truly feminine woman. But again, third wave feminism completely disregards that and they consider that to be the worst thing a woman could possibly be, feminine. And they hate it so much that they've actually just turned everything into a caricature of, of itself. I mean, seriously, think about the movies and television shows you've seen of late. There is always at least at least one character who, who is in the quote unquote strong woman category. And she has all those negative attributes. And now it's gotten to the point where it's been taken to a ridiculous extreme where you will see so-called female action heroes who weigh maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet somehow beating up a room full of 250 pound guys give me a break that's physically that's physically impossible now i'm not saying that women can't learn martial arts and they can't fight of course they can't there are plenty to, to, who can do that but i don't care how much martial arts you learn if you're 100 pounds you're not going to beat up a bunch of 250, 250 pound guys the physics don't make sense and if you don't believe me ask yourself a question if you're a lady and let's say you're of average height somewhere between you know five three and five five do you believe if you encounter a, I don't know, a four-year-old kid who's had martial arts training, let's say a five-year-old kid, and since he was two years old, he's been taking martial arts. So he's been taking martial arts for three years, and he has the equivalent of a black belt. Do you think that a five-year-old kid could beat you Could beat you up? Of course not. But whoa, 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 wait a minute. He's had training. He's had martial arts training. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No matter how much training he has, he's not strong enough. If he kicks you as hard as he can, it'll, you know, it'll hurt a little bit, but pick up that kid and throw him somewhere because he can't be, the physics don't work. Similarly, if you're a hundred pounds, I don't care if you've had 10 years of training and triple black belts, you're not going to beat up a 250 pound guy because you just don't have enough physical strength to hurt him that badly. And all he has to do is grab hold of you and throw you somewhere like you would throw the five-year-old kid. So it just doesn't make sense. But we watch these shows and it's, again, it's become ubiquitous that you will always have on every show some woman who's some tiny woman beating the crap out of a bunch of guys. Impossible. But it's continuing to perpetrate this ridiculous idea of the strong woman, the weak man, and the extraordinary loss of femininity, which, which is, again, the worst part of it. So feminism, third wave feminism, tells women to be toxic men, tell men that the thing we strive for the most, masculinity, is toxic, and it tells men to embrace the worst aspects, the most negative stereotypes of women, white, uh, whiny and emotional, and it tells women that their true desire of to be feminine doesn't even exist. And that is the true damage of third wave feminism. And unfortunately, that is what is dominating our culture. You see it everywhere in every show and every movie and every article. And again, it's, it's, it's damaging us horribly. So who's behind this? Well, I guess you could say denotatively, it's, you know, it's the third wave feminists themselves. There are these women who've been radicalized usually in, in college somewhere and they're, you know, doing what they think is best. They actually, you know, they genuinely think that third wave feminism is the way to go that it will actually make society better they're wrong but i don't think they're not the one they're the ones denotatively behind it but there's someone behind them 
what that's they're in effect. What's the cause? We could go back. Well, it's the universities. That's where they've been learning all these uh, negative things that they that they've embraced about men and women. But so when you get back to it, who's running the universities? And who's running, you know, the big corporations? Because all these movie studios, you know, Paramount and 20th Century Fox and Viacom and Sony and all these, they're not run by women. They're not run by third wave feminists. They're run by men. So you have men who are continuing to perpetrate this nonsense, this damaging thing called third wave feminism. But is it truly men that are completely behind it? Nope. I think it goes a level up because when you, again, look at the forces behind these major corporations and universities and these movies, you can, you will eventually find a satanic influence there. The real force behind third wave feminism, the real force that is destroying men and especially women is satanic. Why? Why does Satan want to do this? Why do the forces of evil want this to happen? Because Satan hates women. Why? Well, again, he hates all of humanity. He hates men and women, but he has a special hatred for women that the Bible talks about. He hates women because in Genesis chapter 3, when God pronounces the, the curses on the man, the woman, and the Nakash, the serpent, who is actually the shining one, which is the, the devil and Satan, he says that the seed of the woman would crush his head, would give him a mortal blow. And of course, that seed of the woman was the prophecy of Jesus. So he hates women for that. And also, God says specifically that he will put a special enmity between Satan and the woman. And that special enmity is that hatred. Satan hates women. He wants to destroy women most of all because women are responsible for bringing life into the world. Women bring that beauty and that femininity. Satan hates beauty. He's jealous of it because before women, Satan was the most beautiful. When he was Lucifer, he was the most beautiful creature of all. He was the most beautiful created thing. In, in Isaiah 14, and Ezekiel 28, it says very clearly that he, say Lucifer, was the epitome of beauty. But then woman comes along and woman is more beautiful than him, than Lucifer. And he's jealous of that. So there's a, the enmity God pronounced. There's a jealousy over beauty. There's a fact that women bring life into the world. And there's a fact, the, the, the matter of the seed of the woman, Jesus, being the source of his destruction. So Satan hates women. And the best way to destroy a woman is to destroy her identity. And if you can convince women that, first of all, their true femininity, the true beauty that Satan despises so much is non-existent and makes them weak and or makes them weak. And then tell them that in order to truly be fully woman, they need to be strong, i.e. they need to be men. Then you have to completely destroyed a woman. You've told her that what she aspires to be her femininity is weak and it shouldn't it should just be discarded and dismissed and who she should really be is a man but not just any man she should be the kind of man she hates the strong woman epitomizes everything as i said before everything that women hate and rightfully so about men everything that a woman doesn't like about men is, is embodied by the strong woman the rudeness the self-centeredness the narcissism the excuses the lack of responsibility and accountability, the promis promiscuity and sleeping around. Those are all things that women rightfully despise about some men. Yet third wave feminism, which comes from Satan, tells women that that's what you should be. It tells women become what you hate and hate what you want to be.
Let me say that again. I want to make sure that it sinks in. Third wave feminism, which is the spirit of Jezebel, which comes directly from Satan, tells women to hate what you want to be and to love what you hate. That devastates, absolutely devastates women. And but that is what our culture is all about. That's what our society is all about. That's what our society is preaching to women. And unfortunately, women are embracing. And why do women embrace it? You would think that a woman would somehow would get the fact that, hey, you know what? Everything that I aspire to be since I was a little girl to be feminine, I'm told is wrong. And everything that I despise about men, I'm told to embrace. I, I should reject this. Why don't they reject it? Because unfortunately, I think it all still goes back to the curse in Genesis 3. And I talked about this in, in previous podcasts. You can go to um, the, the the series called Two Trees in, a, in the Garden, where I, I go over the entire um, original sin narrative. But in that, one of the curses was that the man, the woman shall desire her husband, but she shall rule over him. And that's always kind of bugged me because I, I never understood why that was a curse. Why is desiring your husband a curse? I can see how the ruling over you might be considered a curse, but why is it? Why is desiring your husband a curse? Shouldn't you want to desire your husband? Shouldn't that be a, a good thing? But it's actually a a mild mistranslation. What God is saying is not that your desire will be to your husband; is your desire will be to the husband, or in other words, your desire will be to the position of husband. Part of the curse is that women will desire to be in the role of husband. They have an innate desire through the through the curse to want to take on that masculine role, and Satan plays right into that with his third wave feminism. He plays into that judgment that. The, that desire that they were um, cursed with to be the man. And he says, hey, basically, not only should you be a man, you should be this man. You should be this man you despise. Because after all, you know, if you become the man you despise, this, this male figure that you despise, then you'll really be showing men off because you'll say, hey, you know, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. If you want to be a promiscuous, self-centered, narcissistic, irresponsible, violent sociopath, well, I can do it too. And isn't that kind of the message of third wave feminism. Hey, we can be just as big men. We can be just as big of a jerk as you can. Ha, that'll show you. Well, it's not really showing us anything. It's damaging you and it's damaging us. It's damaging both of us because men are, don't get the type of woman they desire, the feminine woman and the woman and women are becoming the thing that they hate the most. And it's, again, it's extremely damaging. And you look at the statistics, people, young people these days are not getting married. I have friends who I've, I grew up with, who I've known since college, and I'm one of the few of the, of the male people in my circle who were married. I would say at least half of my male friends are as my age or older, and they haven't gotten married, and they're not going to get married because, again, they don't know this. I mean, they, they don't acknowledge it directly, but what's really behind it is they can't find a feminine woman. And... Many of the women who are my age, who I've grown up with, either didn't get married or or settled and married someone they didn't really want because they couldn't find a truly masculine man because we've been told that masculinity is toxic. We don't want to be that. We become, again, this weak, shriveling um, little <laughs> waif that no one really wants. So men can't find feminine women. Women have trouble finding truly masculine men and, men, and we're all miserable and Marriages are declining, families are declining, and Satan is winning. This is the spirit of Jezebel. This is the spirit of a female 
shirking her true role, her true wonderful, beautiful role, and instead aspiring to rule over men. Instead, you know, trying to reverse the curse. Their desire unto the husband, but the husband will rule over you and say, nope, I will be the husband and I'll rule over the man. That is the spirit of Jezebel. Third wave feminism is the exemplar, the ultimate expression of the spirit of Jezebel. And that is a spirit that was over Thyatira, that spirit of basically the one who should be led trying to lead. It was instead of Jesus leading the church at Thyatira, the church at Thyatira decided, well, we're going to lead Jesus. We're going to tell Jesus who he should be. We'll tell you what the Bible should be. And that's where you get back. Into, so it brings it all the way back around to the whole Catholicism thing, where, as we talked about last week in Catholicism, they said these so-called these mystics who call themselves Christians, who are not who call them, who were bishops and cardinals and popes. They said that our traditions are greater than the Bible. If there's a conflict or a contradiction between the Bible and our traditions, our traditions win. Instead of God and Jesus ruling over us and, and us being subject to his word, we will rule over the word of God and we will say what the word of God is. And if the word of God disagrees with what we want, then our traditions, our sayings, decrees we pass supersede the Bible. So again, just bring it all the way back around. All right. So that's pretty much what I want to say um, in this particular uh, video and podcast. The spirit of Jezebel alive and well in our society, in our churches, has been, and I believe will be, up until we get to well, Revelation 17 and 18, when that spirit is finally judged, and we'll get there way down the road a bit. So again, let's bring it all the way back home, back to Revelation chapter 2 and 3, actually, I think we're, we're in actually chapter 3 now, because once we're done with the church at Thyatira, we're going to move on to the church in Sardis. And as I said last week, if, if, if the message of last week that I gave about the Catholic Church, if that made you uncomfortable as a Catholic, um, take solace in the fact that if uh, Thyatira represents Catholicism, then historically speaking, Sardis would have to represent the Protestant Church, the Protestant Reformation. And Sardis is one of two churches about which Jesus has absolutely nothing good to say. And that's probably going to be startling to Protestants listening, to non-Catholics listening. It was actually startling to me until I un truly understood what the message to Sardis was and why and how Sardis failed so miserably. Because you would think the Reformation, which you know brought about a renovation and a true understanding of what salvation truly was and separated true salvation from the so-called salvation of the of the Catholic Church, which is basically centered around belonging to that church and, and working your way into heaven. Nope. So the Reformation overturned that. But the problem is it didn't go far enough and it failed in many ways. So it did it it did do a couple good things with salvation, but the the some of the negative things that came about because of the Protestant Reformation rendered it a dead church. And again, we're going to talk about why and how that was and how that is in the next episode. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, please feel free to leave me your comments. I'd love to hear them. Uh, be sure to follow Faith by Reason on Facebook. Um, please subscribe here on YouTube. Please yeah, subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification bell so that you can be alerted when new videos go up. You can subscribe to Faith by Reason by putting your email into the uh, right navigation bar there where it says email and you will again be alerted when we have new material up. And I will talk to you next week when we discuss the church at Sardis, the dead church, the church that Jesus said thought they were alive, but were not. 